Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Hello, wonderful artist. Thank you so much for coming back for another Art Life Conversations podcast. I am your host uh, and sharer on this podcast, Kelly Folsom. I am a full, those of you who are new to me, I'm a full-time artist, have been for about 15 years, um, and teacher and coach and mentor to artists, both for um, learning art skills, specifically with representational art, and also building their art business, specifically for any visual artist. So today we actually have a great topic, which is three tips on how to find the uh, art shows, how to find art shows to enter specifically for representational artists. And um, this comes from a topic that an anonymous, uh, someone who wishes to remain anonymous, uh, sent in and they said, hello, Kelly. I love how honestly and practically you elaborate on your thoughts in the podcast. They are really helpful. Is it, you're welcome. Uh, Is it possible for you to talk about the place of representational realistic or impressionistic art in today's world. Um, I see a lot of people buying abstract art these days, also a lot of popular art uh, and competition winners. Winner art happen to be abstract. Are we headed in that direction? Um, It would be interesting and helpful to hear your thoughts about it. So, so yes, so first I just wanna say I'm, I'm going to give everybody who maybe is a representational artist and you're having a hard time uh, finding communities, finding shows, um, buyers, things of that nature, but specifically for this podcast, art shows, right? I'm gonna, going to be giving you three tips, um, but I do wanna address this um, que- these questions first uh, from this viewer, and that is, You know, representational art has been around for centuries. I mean, even the very first cave paintings, you could say were representational art, you know, depicting things that we see in this reality, in this this outer reality, you know, paintings of, you know, bison and things like that on the cave. So representational art has, is one of the longest, you know, has one, has longevity. Um, you know, abstract art, things of that nature, um, installations, you know, um, art like that is pretty new, right? Like it's been around, um, I would say since probably starting maybe in the 1920s. So we're talking maybe a hundred years, you know, at the, at the beginning of it. Um, and so there is obviously a place for both art forms in today's time. Now, I think, you know, uh, uh, right now it, I can see where some of that external phenomenon could give us the the messages that maybe representational art is no longer valid and everybody likes abstract art now um, and everybody's into you know that kind of art now and not into representational art and i just think that that is straight up a lie 
you know, every single day I talk with artists who are interested in representational art, both making it and selling it and buying it, right? And showing it. Um, so representational art is still alive and I think it will always be alive um, because, you know, human beings just have this uh, need to relate to visual imagery and not to say that they don't relate to it with the abstract work because they relate to it in a different way, you know, people who relate to that. And of course, um, in both kind of art, art uh, types of art, I think people people can buy art for the wrong, well, there's no wrong reason, but they'll buy art for different reasons. Like maybe they feel more comfortable buying abstract art because it'll go in any room of their house or it'll match any color. But people do that with representational art as well. So again, this is kind of similar, you know, Bethany had emailed in something a while back about the economy, you know, and should she be worried about starting an art business in an economy that is struggling right now, you know, or should she just wait? So a lot of these things are external factors, and I'm not saying that they don't exist and that they're not real, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, but we also can choose to, um, you know, uh, also not react to them out of fear or out of worry, you know? So I just feel that representational art will always have a place in the art world and always have a place with humanity. And probably from here on out, of course, abstract art will too, just because it is serving a different need as I, I believe as human beings are, you know, growing and evolving on this planet and, you know, new technologies and all the, all the new things and, and the rise of, you know, human psychology and, and all of that, I just, I think there's a place for both. I honestly do. Uh, my, my first love will, you know, probably always be for representational art, but I even don't want to pin myself down to that because who knows what's going to happen in my life and how I'm going to evolve in the future, right? So, anyways, so to address that question, I definitely think there is a place. Um, and um, I don't know if we're headed in what direction we're heading in. I can I can probably say that now that it's here, that abstract art um, can you know I think all art is conceptual, but I know that that's a term that they they use to refer to um, some of that kind of art. Now that it's here, I think it will always be here, right? Um, and same thing with representational art. I don't think the one negates the other. I, sometimes as human beings, we have such a way of looking at things very black and white and going, well, this is gonna get rid of this. And and it's not like technology, you know, art is um, an, so expressive, you know, and it's such a human expression. Um, and so it's, it's very human and it, it thrives on what is relatable to other humans. So it's not like technology, like a, like a computer replacing a typewriter or a typewriter replacing handwriting, you know what I mean? Um, so it's always going to be a matter of, you know, what are people relating to more? What are people desiring more um, in the art? So let's dive into three tips. Um, and sometimes whenever I read things like that, it makes me wonder, uh, it makes me wonder if um, sometimes, sometimes people can be putting their art in the wrong uh, uh, 
worlds in the wrong sphere you know so we want to set ourselves up for success as an artist so if you're a representational artist or an abstract artist you do want to be mindful of what you're choosing to participate in what groups are you in what shows are you entering are they a right fit for you you know it would be kind of like what did <laughs> you know it would be kind of like you're you're a fish uh, like a fish out, you don't want to be a fish out of water, right? Um, so you, your best chances of success are really fitting in um, to some degree uh, into into that show or into that artist community, right? Um, now, I do think there is a danger whenever we fit in too much and we only expose ourselves to only you know that one particular kind of art, whether it's abstract or representational art. I think that there are things to be appreciated in both and learn from both. So I just wanna give that little caveat that I think there is a danger there if it's always just like, this is all there is. It is the only art, this is the only best art and right art, right? Okay, so three tips. If you are a representational artist, how to find more appropriate art shows that will be a better fit for your art. And there's all different kinds of art shows, right? There's art festivals, art fairs, there's juried art shows, there's invited art shows, there's museum art shows, you know. Um, so there's, you know, belonging to co-ops and things like that. So the first tip is you want to seek out a representational artist network, okay? You want to make sure that you are belonging to enough representational artist groups, Art, maybe it's an art association, you know, like there's Oil Painters of America, which is a traditional representational artist um, uh, organization. So there's all kinds of different memberships like that, American Impressionist Society, um, National Acrylic and Oil Painter Society. There's all kinds of different um, organizations like that that you could join as a member, you can go to their events, you can meet other representational artists, um, you can expand your representational artist network. Um, as I say, right, like the, 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 the size of your network is usually equal to the size of your net worth, right? So if you can, but more importantly than that, you know, if you can get yourself in a community of like-minded artists who maybe, you know, your style fits in a bit more with them, then you're most likely going to be able to utilize that network to find out about other shows and, and get information you know, from that network. And opportunities, get opportunities from that network as well. Um, once you can um, locate some other representational artists who you feel like your work is kind of similar to, you know, you want to look at their resumes. You want to see what shows have they been in. You know, may, that's what I used to do. That was like the fastest, easiest way for me to find all kinds of different shows. I would look at representational artists from all across the country um, and look at their resumes. What shows? Oh, I never even heard of that show. You know, I'm going to look that one up. Maybe that's one that I can enter and participate in. Um, so look at their resumes or simply ask them, you know, send them an email, see if they respond, talk to them at a gallery show or at an event or something like that, you know, to ask about shows that they, you know, love doing. And hopefully they are generous enough, you know, to share that information with you. 
Um, and if they're not, you could just look at their resumes or CVs. Right? So, um, and then step three is like looking at, you know, art magazines. I mean, that's how I would oftentimes back in the day find artists. Um, and of course, now we have Instagram, right? But, but way back when, back in 2011, whenever I was first starting out as an artist, I would get, you know, all the different representational artist magazines and I would just be writing down names of artists. Wow, okay, they did an editorial with this artist. Um, sometimes they'd be advertising art shows right there in the magazine. So I'd be like, oh, okay, here's a show that I can look up and possibly enter. Um, and then oftentimes in the back of the magazine, you know, they would have um, a list of shows and, and resources and offerings there. Um, you know, opportunities in the backs of the magazines as well. Um, now, a lot of times nowadays, a lot of those magazines are still around, actually still being sold like in Barnes and Noble. I know a lot of them are struggling, you know, with, with online, everything being online and, and some of them have moved everything online. Um, so you might have to, you know, do some Googling, the, the great Googling to find out. You could also Google different representational um, art organizations, things like that. Um, there's art organizations out there specifically for women artists. I know I'm involved in those. I even donate an award every year to one, a cash award, because artists need money. <laughs> um, and so those are my those are my three tips. And then um, also you can uh, use uh, websites, you know, uh, show websites. So a lot of these shows will actually host, um, you know, choose these websites to put all of their information on the show. There are I'm just going to read some of these off for you. Artshows.com. Juried art, this is your bonus fourth tip. <laughs> but I like even numbers, so I did three tips. Okay, um, artshows.com, juried art services, call for entries, um, callforentry.org, uh, fairandfestivals.net, um, Zapplication is one, uh, art fair. Uh, artfaircalendar.com, artfairinsiders.com. So these are just also some bonus like websites if you weren't aware of them that you could go to, you can check out, see what's available. It kind of depends on what kind of shows you're interested in participating in. And the other thing is I would just look at the past history of the shows. Make sure, you know, look at, most of them have their online catalogs from like past shows online in their archive that you can check out. So just double check, go through and look and see, you know, if if there's enough kind of similar representational art to your own. And some shows might have a mix. Some shows might have a mix of representational art and abstract art. So just make sure that um, your work would be, um, you know, fit in, right? Because whatever the bulk of the work is, those are also the, the kind of work that the buyers are expecting to see whenever they come to that show. So if that show is filled with abstract work and you're the only representational artist, well, you could give it a shot. Who knows? Maybe it will be a refreshing change of pace for people, you know? But also the outcome could end up being that, you know, people who are coming to the show love abstract art and that's all they want and that's all they want to buy. So it might be a goose egg too, right? So chances are, chances are that, you know, um, people 
are expecting to see a certain thing and that's also what they're prepared to buy in most cases. So it's usually better if you kind of fit in more, more or less with the show. All right, everybody, I, artists, I hope that this has been helpful to you. Um, thank you so much for being here and listening. You can hop over to uh, www.artlifewithkelly.com and you can check out all the resources I have for you there. I've got some free resources. Um, you can check out information about my Art Life School program, also the Art Stars Business Breakthrough Retreat that I will host here in Denver in the fall. And so you can find out all the details for all the things over there at artlifewithkelly.com. You can also send me a message about this podcast um, through that website. There's a contact button there. So just click that and you can send in comments, um, your thoughts about these podcast episodes, as well as giving me ideas for anything that you are needing help with in, in any regard in your art life. Um, it could be business or not. I just happen to be getting a lot of business questions lately. So anyways, here to help. Thank you everybody for being here and wishing you all a happy creating.